0: Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense Technology. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAA also wants to thank our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Hurf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The FIAA also wants to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better, Hometown Ticketing, Simple, and easy online ticketing. Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Educational AD, brought to you by Violet Defense Technology. We've got a first today, our very first Hawaiian Athletic Director. Uh, We want to welcome Georges Gilbert. Georges is a certified athletic administrator, and he's currently the Assistant Executive Director of the Interscholastic League of Honolulu. Also very active with the State Association and at the national level. That's where we first met through our connections with NIAAA. Uh, Georges, welcome to the program.
1: Mahalo nui loa, Jake. Uh, you know, thank you so much for having me. Uh, aloha kakaiaka, aloha weenala, aloha ahi ahi, wherever you may be, whatever the time may be, because we're in different time zones, my friend.
0: <laughs> well, for our listeners, we're recording this on Saturday, May 15th. Uh, it's about 1.30 in Florida. Uh, I think it's eight thirty a.m. Uh, in Hawaii. Seven thirty. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> we even got him up earlier. So, but again, we're very glad to have you. Again, uh, if you don't know, George as I mentioned, very active at the state and national level. And we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you grew up? Where you went to school and college? And how you ended up in this uh, position of uh, educational athletics?
1: Oh, uh, Is this where we start the trilogy? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I, I was very blessed to be born and raised on the beach in uh, Waimanalo uh, in Hawaii. For people that may be familiar with Waimanalo, it's an area that was highly uh, visible on the television series, Hawaii 5 and Magnum P.I. And President Obama is actually renovating the original Magnum PI house to be a vacation place. But I was born on that side of the island on Oahu in the state of Hawaii. Uh, grew up there, uh, went to public school at Blanche Pope Elementary School from K to three, and then got into the Kamehameha Schools, which is uh, founded for native Hawaiian uh, ethnicity. And I was very fortunate to go there from grades four to 12, graduate from there and went on to the University of Hawaii. Uh, had some opportunities to potentially play division three or NIAAA, JC uh, sports, but realized the career field would probably not involve sports to make a living playing sports. So I focused on my academic, state home uh, and, and went to the University of Hawaii, uh, you know, Had great experiences playing, you know, um, uh, interscholastic sports and through the intramural programs in college. uh, Met a lot of people, had a lot of experiences like I'm sure a lot of the colleagues have had. You had too, Jake, you know, going through life. And then uh, started to realize right before my senior year in high school, uh, what, what are other aspects in sports than just playing it or maybe coaching it? And I, I found those things where in my freshman year, unfortunately I couldn't play in high school. I had, I had a surgery for, uh, for reconstructive work on my jaw, had to sit out the whole school year, couldn't play. So I learned how to be a, a team manager and statistician and learn mm-hmm. some different aspects of what the game is like from there and what athletics is like. And then I got into being in the school newspaper, I helped out school yearbook. And then lo and behold, I had opportunities with our local media, and then I had a tough decision to make on giving up playing sports, worked so hard to get on the varsity team, and it was my senior year, and I had to make the decision of, am I going to play my senior year, or I'm going to give it up to get into my career field, even though I'm just in high school. uh, Chose the career field, it was tough, and then lo and behold, a few months later, I am actually keeping statistics officially at the state tournament for our high school championships. And uh, my teammates were playing in the tournament. And then one thing leads to another where I I got recognized by some local members in the media, um, on the newspaper, uh, radio, and television. And then I wound up, uh, believe it or not, uh, I got into coaching and and all uh, on high school sports to going to school full-time. But believe it or not, I got an opportunity to be the first ever Sports Information Director in the state of Hawaii on the high school level. You might have heard of this school. It's called St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, I had somebody named Mariota and some Tua or something. No, no. Um, I, I was I was there much earlier before they came along. I had Darnell Arsenal, Jason Gesser, Timmy Chang. Uh, oh, yeah. Three amazing quarterbacks that wound up playing in college starting at the exact same time, uh, which was pretty neat. But uh, from there, uh, then I got recognized with an opportunity to join the Interscholastic League of Honolulu office, uh, which was established initially with a lot of work from Mr. Clay Benham, who was a retired individual. And then when he, uh, when he passed away, the league reorganized and it hired its first ever full-time employees. And that's where I got the opportunity to work alongside uh, Coach Don Botello, which I'm sure you know, you've know, you heard the name, um, one of the few individuals in our line of work that has been involved in high school athletics for over 52 years. I learned a lot from him, and that's where, in a nutshell, how I got from point A to point B, I guess, and still trying to get to point C, Jake.
0: <laughs> now, I always love to hear the stories, and I've had a chance to listen to quite a few, and uh, there have been quite a few um, guests that we've had, uh, longtime ads, that they got their start or they got their love of it through those types of experiences, either you know managing a team or doing stats or public relations, public address announcing, and uh, those are so much a part of the overall experience of an ad that just great, great um, learning environments. Uh, and uh, again, we're all about the people. Every single one of those is a people position. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and you hit them on the nose. I I did a bunch of those things too. Public address announcer, uh, you know, even had to do security, park the cars, whatever, you know, things of that sort. And, and, you know, I, I actually, you know, look at, I got my start in the athletic administration side of things or coordinating of high school athletics. Uh, also, as a senior in high school, I was in the middle of taking a English exam and I was pulled out of the class by my high school athletic director, Irv Kow, and we were hosting the state wrestling championships on our campus at Commandment Schools. And I get told exactly, oh, you're going to be the PA announcer for the state championships and here you go. And kind of got a 30-second rundown of how to do things and realized uh, I can't really mess this up for everybody if I don't announce the right people who goes to the right mats and who's up and who warms up and who won and who lost. And it, it, was, it was a little frightening, but at the same time, quite rewarding because now I got three extra days to study for my English exam that I got a sneak peek of. So that was, that was great. But, you know, it, it's interesting, like you said. I mean, all the colleagues have got some fascinating stories of how we got those you know, life learning experiences and led us to where we are today.
0: Mm-hmm. No, great stuff. You mentioned a few names along the way, and um, we always like to hear about those mentors, those people that had an impact on us, maybe family members or uh, teachers, coaches, maybe even people that we've worked with or worked for. So uh, the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head. Uh, so whose voice do you still hear?
1: um, I'm sure for many, uh, you know, I hear my father's voice, but it it was simply just one thing, uh, you know, one piece of advice he gave me and it was at a young age. He simply said, you must remember when you go through life, you're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions and you're going to have to accept the good, the bad, and the ugly that come from those decisions. And I always carried that true to heart. Um, You know, and from there, uh, yeah, I had to make a lot of tough decisions, you know, like I already mentioned about, you know, whether I was going to continue playing high school sports and what university I wanted to go to and things of that sort. Um, My mom was a big impact on me from the standpoint of it wasn't what she said, necessarily. It was just seeing her at a young age have to medically retire. Um, she had severe rheumatoid arthritis in her hands and couldn't no longer work. And then the amount of uh, drugs and medication and treatment she had to go through, through life and seeing her hands have to be surgically repaired to take bones out and put plastic joints in. And then she was later diagnosed with lupus and had to be treated for that. And then later on, you know, some smaller bouts uh, with cancer. So to see that over the last 40 years for me, Uh, She really taught me to never give up, keep going, keep working hard, and don't feel sorry for yourself. You know, you've been blessed with a gift in life, make the most out of it. Uh, You know, from the sports side, my first uh, impact from a coach was Coach Jim Winchester, my high school basketball coach, who always taught me, always give yourself a chance to win. And not just from the game perspective, playing basketball, but in life. Give yourself a chance to win, you know. Uh, learn from your mistakes keep working hard stay positive and give yourself a chance to win in life and then you know uh, coach Patello um, one of the one of the wisest men I ever met so much wisdom and guidance and knowledge uh, you know for me it was very much like a grandfather figure for others uh, and I mean this in a good way he, he's the godfather you know of, of high school athletics in Hawaii you know and all that all the lives he's touched um, You know, I mean, people like Blaine Geisen and all, you know, from our state that's made an impact on the national level. I mean, he had a large part in those people's lives. And last but not least, for me uh, personally, um, Mr. Bob Canaby, former NFHS executive director, uh, I always enjoy his uh, kindness and taking time and sharing with me uh, things to think about and consider in life and planting seeds, which I couldn't understand at that moment, you know, Jake? but definitely it stayed with me and I figured it out and I understood what he was trying to get to, you know, in his message to me. So those people and, you know, and last but not least each and every day, uh, I thank the good Lord for providing a lot of guidance and wisdom in my life, you know, so. oh,
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. And I love the story about giving yourself a chance to win in life. You know, we That was one of our catchphrases uh, on one of my football programs where I was the head coach. He said, hey, we're going to put you in a position so you have a chance to win, so we have a chance to win. Great stuff. Uh, Georges, uh, we mentioned your involvement with NIAAA, and we've got a a lot of young ADs, new ADs uh, that listen. And I think it's important to kind of share the story of how we each got involved and our journey with our national organization. So, just talk a little bit about that. How did you become aware of NI and you know what helped get you started on that path to where you've earned your CAA? Yeah, uh, you know, for me,
1: early on, when I was an assistant AD at St. Louis School, uh, I had heard about the NIAAA. I had heard about um, Hiata, Hawaii Interclassic Athletic Directors Association. Uh, I've heard about the NFHS and whatnot but I never really uh, took the time per se or was really given a lot of insight and advice and mentorship from others about these organizations. And it was kind of one of those uh, explore, experiment, navigate and and discover uh, for me until I started working for the ILH and Coach Patello already was quite involved in a number of these organizations, and he shared the importance of, you need to go to the conference, you need to learn, uh, you need to take courses. But more importantly, I mean, I know the term uh, network is used a lot, obviously. Uh, in Hawaii, we like to say ho'oponopono, and you know, you gotta get involved, you gotta make it work, uh, you know, you, you need to, you know, do, get things done, and uh, I was fortunate enough to go to my first conference in 2003 in Indianapolis. And I was amazingly, you know, uh, uh, it was like, wow, experience for me at that time. Although like, you know, Jake, I mean, the conference has gotten extremely larger than that back in 2003 with the amount of people that come and the amount of things that are involved. Um, but it, it was a great opportunity to meet others and learn and, uh, you know, gosh, and and, and you know there's so many people so many people that impacted my life from around the country and and you know i obviously can't remember them all and you know you're gonna miss some but you know i i do thank um fred smith from michigan uh the legend uh you know he's the wolverine to me uh, you know tough man but so loving and giving really helped me in a lot of lti classes back then and uh you know and then the list goes on and on uh don Bales and and, and all, all the great people there involved uh I got involved and even from the NFHS side Mr. Canaby uh you know and I, I got involved in that area too with some committees there so it it wasn't something I was necessarily striving towards but I was guided to by others mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that I really am um you know and and Coach Patello believing that this would be good for me uh, was it was a huge impact, and then later on getting involved in even in our state association with Hayata and the HHSA Hawaii High School Athletic Association side, you know was all through him. Uh, he obviously saw something in me, saw the potential, saw the means in which to, you know, uh, learn, gain experience, but also saw. I had something to give back. And that's what I've always been trying to strive for, be able to give back. I'm so grateful for everything that I was, you know, given the opportunity to experience. I want to, I want others to share that. So, you know, whether it was coordinating a sport, being in charge of a committee, having the opportunity to sit on the national football rules committee and make decisions that's going to impact millions of kids across the country playing a sport, uh, you know, uh, sitting in in LTI conferences uh, with you, Jake, and, and so many others from across the country and bouncing ideas off each other, sharing war stories, really. And I mean that in a good way, sharing war stories of how hard it is to fight the battles that we may have in our states and in our districts and our school boards and in our athletic communities to get people to understand the importance of education, knowledge and experience and wanting to share that to make others' lives better, you know, you know, all those things kind of came about and and I'm grateful for that. I'm not as involved as I used to be. Um, I'm not quite at the level of Annette Scoggin. Yes. I'm throwing a plug to Annette, but uh, you know, that doesn't mean we stop, you know, just like Annette, you know, she's busy doing a lot of stuff outside of athletics, but she's always available. Likewise here, even though we're, we're in the Pacific time zone. Uh, I haven't had breakfast yet. You're getting ready for dinner soon. You know, we're always readily available. Um, you know, just like in Indianapolis, right, Jake? You know, our session's at 7 a.m. That's, that's 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Hawaii time when we're rolling into class and listening to Mr. Bales give us instructions. We're, we're ready to go. We don't need no coffee. We're ready to go, so.
0: You know, and I really appreciate you, you know, sharing that uh, uh, experience because I, I think it's unique to our organizations, both at the state level at the national level, you know, it takes a degree of self-starting, you know, you have to want to get involved, you have to get involved. But then once you're there, uh, there's so many other people that reach out to you and say, hey, you know, how'd you like to be on, on this committee? Or, hey, we need some help over here. It's it's just such a welcoming, uh, nurturing organization. And i really haven't heard of another, you know, national organization that has that same degree of um, networking and and mentorship. So you, you did a great job of explaining it. We are visiting with Georges Gilbert from the Interscholastic League of Honolulu. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. Once again, we want to thank Violet Defense Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Technology for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, Georges, another question we've been asking our ADs about is how COVID has impacted them. Again, we're well over a year past, uh, you know, the anniversary of uh, COVID shutting everybody down last March. so. Tell our listeners, um, you know, how did Hawaii respond to COVID? How is it responding now as far as return to play and return to school? And and again, we realize that uh, we're kind of at the end of the school year now, but uh, what's happened in Hawaii regarding COVID?
1: Well, you know, like in many places, uh, sports got shut down for a period of time. And then there was the building blocks process that needed to be implemented of sitting down, uh, talking, Zooming, coming up with ideas. Uh, me personally, I spent a lot of time networking with a lot of colleagues on the high school and collegiate level across the country, trying to come up with different uh, means of what we think we might work, uh, what are we willing to try and, and, and see, and, and then started sharing that information, uh, getting some results from others that were starting up sooner than others in, in a practice sense, a workout sense, and then got in, getting into a more... Uh, you know, formal practice and scrimmage and game uh, type of uh, season. And we got to that point here in Hawaii, in my league, the independent league, uh, on Oahu, where we got into workouts right around late October last year. And we had some guidelines and curriculum and whatnot in which the schools needed to work upon. And then it eventually went into, We went into a phase of sports we called season one in January through early March, and we did a a few sports. Uh, We couldn't do some others, so we lost out. We couldn't do basketball and wrestling and canoe paddling, and there was some of it was logistics with the COVID, and some of it were, were due to other matters, but we were able to get some sports going. We were able to take that information, see where we're at. And as you mentioned, as time was going along and COVID was changing with protocols, whether in the public, private sector, on the national level, then we engaged into season two, which started in March. And we're just wrapping that up. Actually today will be our final day. Uh, We're doing some track and field, uh, baseball, and and, a few other sports that are wrapping up. Uh, And it's been tough. I, I think the first and foremost was the distance between loved ones being able to be supportive, uh, faculty members, alumni and whatnot, not being able to traditionally be a part of a homecoming game or being there for what we call the senior aloha, the final game for seniors participating, um, you know, to not be a part for a seventh grader making their first experience playing in interscholastic athletics. Uh, you know, so all of these things were, were being missed and we had to get into streaming and we had to work with our local cable providers here and get into the whole economic, legal aspects of all of that to make it work. And then a lot of the colleagues had to learn what it was like to stream. They'd never done it themselves. Oh, yeah. So whether it was this means of technology or another means of technology. And and then, you know, the, the good and bad of this had a chat room and this didn't. And, you know, be careful of pop-up ads and, you know, getting hacked and, Uh, your internet uh, bandwidth signals and things of that sort. Um, And then, you know, just finding the means of understanding, we wanted to provide an opportunity for the kids to play. We have to look past, this is about championships and legacies of a coach getting their nine hundred win and things of that sort. And who's gonna go to the the big five D1 colleges, giving kids the opportunity. And unfortunately for some, you know, we weren't able to do that. one sport in particular in our league is judo. Uh, judo, unfortunately could not take place in the 1920 school year because COVID hit just before we we're gonna start. And this year again, we couldn't have it. So unfortunately for us, the sport of judo, uh, two consecutive school years, the kids didn't have anything to participate. So it was tough. Um, you know, the, like with everybody, you know, how to wear a mask properly, the distancing and things of that sort. Um, we did have our issues of have, having to enforce rules on even adults that, you know, had a hard yeah. time applying, Uh, but educate the kids. And, and for me personally, it, it, it's just that there's a lot of good, bad and ugly that we saw through this, you know, no matter what. And can we get better from it? Absolutely. Whether COVID is still around in some capacity or not, there's a lot we can get uh, from this experience to be better moving forward uh, in working with each other, in planning with each other, in budgeting, you know, resources for each other. And I I hope from that end, the message that we see here is some kids got to play and some kids didn't. And we got to support both sides of it. You know, there's kids that really lost out on life lifetime experiences they can never get back. And there's kids that got their dreams fulfilled. And where do we go from there moving forward? And, you know, and, and as I've seen, you mentioned a few a few previous occasions too, Jake. It's, it's, it's looking forward to the future and opportunities that we're gonna be able to have what we used to have in gathering, whether it's, you know, committee meetings, uh, upcoming conferences on the state or national level. Uh, and I, I'm sure I'm sure the uh break break breakout sessions and roundtable talks are gonna be loaded with a lot of experiences, you know, from all this COVID. But I'm just grateful, thankful, um a lot of praying that we got through this well, family and friends, uh, you know, through the whole COVID situation. And and I and I compare it to sports, right, Jake? You know, um you know, it was like a David and Goliath situation at one point, but you know, in the end, you know, through a lot of faith, you know, a lot of hard work, there uh, David, David, you know, David won.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate you sharing it, uh, that. And you're absolutely right. You know, as athletic directors, we really were adjusting uh not monthly or weekly, but sometimes daily to changing protocols. And I think the I keep hearing the story again and again. I know it was true at our school, is just um, it emphasized, re-emphasized, you know, that, Hey, we're here for the kids, you know, those unintended consequences of, you know, learning about live streaming or, you know, uh, learning about online ticketing and things like that. You know, those are some positives, but again, it, it always comes down to, it's all about the kids. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, you're not aware of, uh, our guest, uh, to, I think, illustrate the many hats that, uh, athletic directors where he has been uh, changing hats uh, throughout our interview. Um, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that. But uh, again, for our listeners, that'll give you a reason to look this episode up on YouTube. Um, Georges, one of the things we pride ourselves on with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. And I know that um, you, know, you have some truly uh, I, I think they're probably legendary schools over in Hawaii uh, that you know, people on the mainland even know about when they mention that particular school. Um, in your time in athletic administration, what are a couple of best practices that you have seen uh, in athletic departments that you can share with our listeners?
1: Ooh, uh, fr- from my personal observation, and experience, you know, Jake, I, I always believed, uh, you know, technology keeps changing, obviously. Um, you know, it seemed as though, you know, you bought a computer, you had a computer for, uh, you know, I don't know, five, eight, 10 years. And now it seems like you gotta buy a computer almost every year because the technology keeps changing and you gotta maintain and stay up with the times. Uh, I, I felt, you know, learning technology for the purpose you need to accomplish is important. Uh, you can buy, you know, the computer that has all the bells and whistles. You can get that iPhone that does this and does that. But if you don't know how to use it properly to accomplish what you need to do in your everyday tasks as an athletic administrator or just as an individual, you know, itself, you're wasting time. And as you know, my friend, we can't be wasting time. Time is of the essence in our line of work. Uh, you know, I, you know, Patello always preached the philosophy of you know, 4814. I used to say, what is 4814? What well, we got to figure out how we get 48 hours and 14 days into a 24-7, uh, you know, schedule. Like, ah, got it. Okay. And because, you know, time is of the essence, there's so much to do. Uh, so, you know, learning how to use technology will help us with the time management, and time management is important. And I learned that, I'm sure, like you and a lot of our colleagues had, Jake. we made mistakes along the way. We had to mm-hmm. learn you know, how to be better with ourselves, with time management. Uh, the, the other best practice I feel in order to do the job well is we have to focus on ourselves from a health capacity. We gotta be able to make sure we're realizing, are we, are we eating? And not just, you know, you know, pound that, you know, Big Mac drive-through, you know, late night visit after a 12 hour, you know, day in which we didn't even drink a glass of water yet and things of that sort but we gotta make sure we're eating, we're eating right. And we gotta make sure we get some sleep too. Even if it means we gotta learn how to take a nap and I'm not promoting take a nap in the office guys. I'm not saying that, but we gotta learn how to take a nap when the opportunity presents itself to get some rest and maintain that. And don't avoid the doctors and the health uh, you know, people in our lives, you know, we need to you know, see them, make the visits, listen to them uh, as if like, you know, there are coaches And the the, the other thing that I find as a best practice, you know, from a school side, you know, that, that really works is you have to listen to figure out how to get people involved. And one of the things I used to do when I hired coaches was preach, communicate and care. If you know how to communicate, then people know you care. And that goes a long way. And that's gonna have a big impact on, if you wanna look at it from wins and losses or being able to get the game done or getting the practice in or getting something else you need, you know, within the the world of athletics accomplished and need to sit down and talk with people. And and I I've discovered that the distraction, and I think Mike Ellison shared this with us once at one of the, the LTI conferences, Jake, you might remember, he always talked about, you know, it seems to be so easy in life nowadays to just send a text or send an email. But we're not engaging with each other and talking and listening to each other and learning from that experience so we can better ourselves in what we need to do and make the most of that, you know, interaction. So, you know, I, I find and it sounds kind of simple, you know, Jake, to what you're asking, but I find that's the best practices, which is a lot of old school philosophy of, you know, manage your time, focus on your health and, you know, listen and talk to each other. That's how you're going to get a lot of things accomplished within your school district within your school traditions within you know the goals that you have in your sports programs.
0: Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that uh, and again just some great perspectives that I think are going to take us into our next question. Um, I've been asking the athletic directors this for almost one year now and um, it revolves around this idea of social awareness uh social justice if you will and my, and my question has been this what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators better you know, with our kids our coaches our programs how can we do a better job in this area of social awareness well i put on i
1: put on the star wars hat here for you because it seems as though we're engaging in in a lot of difficult times um you know there, I, I use I used the term lightly, you know, we face battles every day in society. And these battles are a lot to deal with misunderstanding. And the reason why we misunderstand is like what I shared a moment ago, Jake. We need to listen and talk with each other. We need to show respect and be kind to each other. Yes, we have some issues that seem to impact us from a social economic side of things, uh, a, a racial side of things, a traditional side of things in sports and culture, but we're losing touch with not listening and talking with each other. And then from there, because there has been examples, we've seen it of, of, of people out there in society of wanting to talk and wanting to communicate and saying they wanna listen, but we gotta take the next step and we now need to implement what we've listened and talked about and put the plan in motion. And to do that, we need to all work together and buy into that. And I don't want to sound like I'm campaigning and sound like a politician, Jake. But I'm just saying it's kind of practical. We need to do that. Uh, me being, you know, a native Hawaiian, we've experienced a lot of things. You know, we're a minority. Um, there isn't many Hawaiians in the athletic administration field. You know, across the country. Um, you know, and you'd be surprised—not as many of us here, even in the islands. You know. But even from the bigger scale of you know, uh, women. Um, when I started, maybe a handful of women were involved in athletic administration in the state of Hawaii. And now you know it's amazing to see about twenty to thirty women out there in different roles of athletic administration here in the state of Hawaii. Um, seeing you know the the women succeed in the coaching side too. So many women are coaching, and so successful. Uh, you know one near and dear to my heart is Don Staley at the University of South Carolina you know following her career uh you know coming from the hard times in Philadelphia and where she you know got a degree and was a great basketball player and represented our country and all but now giving back and not just coaching on the collegiate level but she's involved in the community she's involved in these issues you know for women's sports and things of that sort but it was all because of engaging and listening. And talking, and then now working with others to, you know, carry out these things. And you know, just a shout out to Elliot Hopkins at the NFHS. Uh, you know, Elliot, uh, you know, dear friend of mine, we're like brothers. And you know, I, I've enjoyed being able to talk to him as a Hawaiian to an African American, and having these conversations and learning from his end because when he was growing up, Dr. Martin Luther King was still alive. So it was amazing to just hear his exp- experiences. As a child growing up in that time and listening to Dr. King and and like I said, you know, hearing that impacted me to learn, but also at the same time understand even more so. How do we work with each other? How do we understand our cultural differences? You know, religious beliefs. You know, where we want to play sports and things of that sort. So yeah, for me, uh, I've learned in this past year a lot more about l- listening, talking, understanding. And then how we're going to work together, not just in my community, not just in my league, in my state, but across the country.
0: Oh, gosh, really appreciate you sharing that. And again, you, great perspective there, uh, you know, being a, you know Asian Pacific mm-hmm. American. Um, George, this has been great connecting with you. Usually we only get to see each other at uh, a national uh, event, but uh, this has been very cool. But we're not done yet. Okay. And, uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, We've already established that uh, you are an experienced uh, athletic administrator, but right now I'm gonna challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are you going to go in Georges Gilbert's athletic director toolbox?
1: It's, it's, it's funny you say that because coach Patello always told us there's three things you need to accomplish each day in life. So, okay. Three things uh, in the toolbox. Uh, for me, I would say, you know, number one, uh, you need a Bible. And the reason why I say that is I've always found it as a great resource to looking up when I got problems or when I've had great moments in sports or whatever, and just reflect and find, you know, something within the Bible that, that is just helpful, you know, and in, 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 even in my saying, you know, uh, every day is a blessing, no matter how much good, bad and ugly is present within it, you know. Um, the, the, the second, thing, well, I just, well, I need to go back Hawaiian language time. Ikahi, number one, that was number one. Ilua, number two. Uh, I would like to have them with a smart device, whatever that might be, tablet, phone, computer, laptop. And the reason why is it's important to have like, like I do on mine is I like to have pictures of loved ones and dear friends and colleagues, you know? And yeah, I got I got my screenshot of you and I, my friend, because that's gonna be a <laughs> cherished moment in my phone. And you, know, you need to have the contact information on who's who, you know, your, your family members, your emergency contacts, your doctors and, and whatnot. Uh, but you also need to have, you know, all the important phone numbers of the officials associations and, and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, athletic trainers and, and yes, even the attorneys because you never know you may need to contact them for some legal counsel. Um, and last but not least, the smart device is important because you need to have your links and your attachments of all your policies and procedures and regulations from the national level to the regional, state, section, district, league, and sports. Readily available because no matter where you are, and my friend, I'm sure you know when we travel and we're out of state, the phone never never stops ringing, the emails never stop, the text messages never stop, in which people need help, or people have a question, or situations taking place back at your school or at a game, and you know as much as we try to incorporate and remember everything, we can't. So having it on a smart device to readily access and then you know be able to communicate very helpful. And the last thing for me uh, I would put is to simply remember love, aloha, and God bless you, because we gotta be kind to others. And kindness to me in, in, in sports has has helped in so many ways because my friend, like you know, there can only be one winner at the end, whether it's it's the runner or the basketball team, there's only one winner. Uh, winner. So, so many of us participate in sports and we experience loss. So to love and to share aloha and, you know, kindness, you know, that goes a long way, you know, to help others, you know, and, and learn about sports because sports is the greatest life lesson one can experience in our lifetime. It, it's it's great. And that was the Ekolo, by the way, three. Okay, three things. Yeah. There's your Hawaiian
0: lesson. I always got to give that to you, my friend. No, absolutely. And get great, great stuff. I really appreciate you sharing. Um, Georges, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, you can reach me, you know, and, and I got coaches and everybody call me sometimes at 1130 at night and colleagues, I won't say who, calling me at 2.30 a.m. from Indianapolis, <clears throat> excuse me, but anyway uh you can reach me at 808-292-8999 that's my cell or you can get a hold of me on my email at gilbert at mm-hmm. or you might be able to find me somewhere on the world of the social internet uh mm-hmm.
0: you know all the different apps you're on them too my friend we always try to give a shout out to the niaa portal and Absolutely. that has your contact information there as well okay
1: Yes, yes, yes. Georgie Gilbert, okay. as have said, too, right, Jake. You know, don't be ashamed to reach out and contact, and like we like to say in Hawaii, talk story. You know, and <laughs> share because that's how we get better. But more importantly, that's how we share aloha with each other, and that's the beauty of it. And I'm so grateful we got this technology, Jake, because how else are we gonna do Florida to Hawaii like this if we <laughs> didn't have Zoom?
0: That's definitely a long distance uh, Zoom. Uh, Georges Gilbert, certified athletic administrator and assistant executive director for the Interscholastic League of Honolulu. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Jake. God bless you, my friend. Aloha to the family.
0: Yeah. To our listeners, thanks as always for listening. Remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.